0: Championship round, which means after four quarters you could be in the Super Bowl, the big dance, or sent home thinking, What if? What could of this season be? We have matchups for the ages, the number one overall versus Mr. Irrelevance. We have last year's MVP versus this year's favorite for the MVP. I'm Holmy and as always I'm joined by Cad. How are you, man? Very well, very, very well. It's championship week. You must be excited. (laughs) I am.
1: I am. And I I keep thinking about what you said last week about how these could be better games than the Super Bowl. And they might be. There's big Titan matchups here. There's another David and Goliath that is great. Which matchup is kind of your preference? If you could see the Super Bowl with any of these four teams, I guess you've got to split the conference there. But who would you want to see? It's funny because
0: I've been tracking the Ravens and the Niners the whole way through this playoff series because I wanted the Aussie effect. Yeah, yes. I wanted the guaranteed Aussie in the, in, in the, in the Super Bowl. So, but my heart is, I've, I need the Lions there for some reason at the moment. I'm just enjoying them so much. I don't want their story to end. And it's sort of, I think I would love a Lions versus Ravens matchup one, because I love the color difference. Oh, <laughs> how easy is that to watch blue and purple? <laughs> Not I don't worry, think everyone right?
1: struggles as much as you do with these colours. Yeah, it's a real issue. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware who who the different teams are, but so would you want a Lions Ravens matchup?
0: I would enjoy that so much. I just think they're both angry, angry people, and I just <laughs> as, if I picture them as a human, I would just see them head to head, just bullish. But I don't know. That's it's hard. It's hard because I love every aspect of. all these teams left in the in the competition. What about you?
1: It's tough because, you know, you want a good game either way. And, uh, you know, I don't know if the Lions have too much of a disparity from the Ravens, and I guess we'll figure that out with their matchup against 49ers this week. But I think I'd actually – I don't want to see the Chiefs again at a Super Bowl. That's, we've said this before. I'm a bit against it. I kind of want to see a Lions-Chiefs bowl, and then that would shock everyone because the the big teams we've been calling for weeks get knocked out in the conference but then I want the Lions to win it. You know, I can't have the Chiefs in the bowl and then win it. That's not my preference whatsoever.
0: I saw some graphics and I know we're not America based and so we don't always know how everyone feels about every team, but it was like, it's a, a map of America and the Chiefs and the Niners is their state only, and then everyone else supporting the, the Lions and, oh, and yeah, the, the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe everyone feels the same as we do. So maybe it, maybe it isn't uh, just an American thing. The Australians understand it from here as well. So that might be the vibe that everyone's running with, Cad.
1: Yeah, I think uh, even though the Chiefs weren't favourites last week in their game, they were able to take out. They, they're no one, like no one can call them an underdog, and they don't get that narrative. And I think Australia is not behind. Anyone who's not an underdog, who's a strong favorite, but you know, look, any matchup's going to be a good game here, and we might see, might see a big Super Bowl matchup this week.
0: Well, I was thinking, did you know the last time the, these teams have been in a championship game?
1: Well, I know the last time the Chiefs were in a championship game, but beyond that, yeah, well, that's six straight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the the Niners have also; that's their third in a row. So we've got a bit of experience here, and then the other two. So the Baltimore, the last time they were here was 2012, mm, which is crazy. Yeah. And then the Lions, 1991 is the last time they were in a championship game.
1: I just can't think what the storyline's going to mean for Detroit in this game. I don't know who's going to fill up the Vegas Stadium more if they make it to the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, they'll be traveling. Yeah, <laughs> I've never They're the one with the most stars around. I know we have the Kelsey and Tate effect for the Chiefs at the moment, mm-hmm. but a lo- I've never seen so many stars on the sidelines of the Lions games. It's pretty, they have got a lot of momentum behind them.
1: I think we talked about it before, but there's more that come out of the woodwork for the Chiefs when it gets to finals time. Like Paul Rudd will come out, um, one of the guys from Modern Families in it. Uh, there's someone else as well but there's big fans so they'll come I'll come running
0: I can bet if I'll bet you right now if you, if they win on if they win on Monday you will see a Chiefs jersey on Tuesday yeah. in your, wherever you live <laughs> Just see somewhere one. in I, the vicinity yeah, I guarantee it for you there's a little life note for you <laughs>
1: all right why don't we head into the news homie I believe the Titans have hired a new coach in Brian Callahan, who was the ex-Bengals OC.
0: Yeah, he also had interviews with the Falcons and the Panthers, but decided to cancel them, which is <laughs> <laughs> not a bad decision. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that's probably the best call you can make. He was the OC from 2019 to 2023 with the Bengals. So that includes their Super Bowl run. Highly regarded for the development of Burrow and getting the most out of Jake Browning this season when Burrow was down... I think they're looking for that development with Will Levis and maybe his focus is quarterback development, but it's got to be a lot more than that.
0: I think it's a nice fresh flavor for the Titans. I think it's a new face. We don't really know too much about him, what kind of style he'll be, but I'm excited to see what he can produce for the Titans. It should be, should be a good watch.
1: I'm really interested as well because it seems like the favoritism for a head coach is hiring someone who was an ex-defensive coach. And that seems to be the flavor here. I know there is a couple of ex-offensive coaches around. I haven't really been able to identify the difference in their focus and how they manage the team as a whole. So I think this is a close project for you and I to kind of see if there's a difference here.
0: That's what I was thinking as well. We've got a different flavor for us to to analyze and watch over and, and also see if they can get a vibe for the Titans. Yeah, get some <laughs>
1: energy here. Yeah,
0: well, I want something. Uh, I don't need a defensive coach for them. I need some flavor. I want some excitement. And let's see if we can produce it with an offensive flavor. Yeah. Well,
1: will be under close watch. His dad is currently, I think, a Bills assistant coach and was a former Raiders head coach. So oh, that's, pressure. Yeah, it's oh, in the family. Pressure.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and in other news, the Raiders have hired ex-Chargers general manager Tom Telesco, credited for a lot of... Draft pick seemingly and that's what I mainly seen in the profiles that they've sent around online. I think he drafted Herbert, he drafted Joey Bosa, Derwin James Jr., Khalil Mack. He did also draft J.C. Jackson, which was not a excellent call, and he's put his hand up and said, "Yeah, my bad." But it's an odd one to go interdivisional to the rival of the Chargers over to the Raiders.
0: This one, I I enjoy this weirdly. I, I I can't quite I can't get around it because. They got him fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, you hiring the guy you got fired, 70 points you put on them, and then he got the ass, and then you're taking him on board. I think this is a curious one for me. I I, I can't, I back it yet.
1: I wonder if the charges are going, oh, did we? Yeah, no, no, no. We made, we made the right decision, right? Like, we did. Yeah,
0: well, or do, oh, do they trick us?
1: Yeah. <laughs> do they trick
0: us? <laughs> But they've obviously gone the experience because they've got an inexperienced coach. So I think they've just tried to balance that out and obviously he interviewed well, Tom, Uh, but I still can't process this one. I'm a bit concerned about it.
1: It's a bit interesting, uh, especially interdivisional. how how when we see these guys match up next year, both will have new head coaches, both will have new GMs. It's going to be a weird mix-up. There's a lot of similarities between the Raiders and the Chargers this year. Except the Chargers didn't have any flavor at the end of the season,
0: but there might be some new flavor coming for the Chargers, Cut. if uh, the rumors are correct. And uh, we're going to break it here first because <laughs> no one's released it, but it's so so, so, <laughs> so. Just to
1: confirm, it's it's not confirmed. It's not official. Oh, it's
0: not confirmed. No, no. But we heard they had a second interview, so that's good enough for us. So we're going to. In breaking news here: Unconfirmed, Jim Boys going to the charges. No, no, it is rumored that they're making—they're very close to making a deal. So they're dating.
1: They're dating. Yeah. They're definitely dating, and we want to know. You know, second date. Just Jim date for coffee.
0: Yeah, he's he... date for coffee. They <laughs> went for brunch. It's it's really happening here. It is. I think it's an interesting one, but there is a bridesmaid that here at the moment, the Falcons, because they've been trying to get a inter- second interview with him. I'm not sure. Was second or first, but they're really scraping around at the moment. They've had two interviews with um, with our old Pat's coach. Yeah, they've had uh, two interviews with
1: Belichick. They've just lost their date with Brian Callahan because he's decided not to go back to them, so he can go to the Titans. And they're fighting for a second interview with Jim.
0: Yeah, they are just scraping at the moment. It's a good watch. The Falcons. If you, we've actually the window is now open for them to. You can actually interview current assistant coaches in person. So you can now go out and interview Lions, Niners, Chiefs, Baltimore. I don't, you might want to wait. <laughs> They've got you. You want to see what maybe up.
1: that they do. They, they, might, yeah.
0: they have they have one more week. A couple of them, so just hold on. But there's going to be a rush for them as well. So I know one of the Lions' coaches is really highly highly regarded, and everyone wants an interview of him. So that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, it feels like whoever the Falcons do get, it isn't their first choice because uh, they're seemingly favourites everywhere else. There's not much been given to Bill's rumors recently, so I'm interested to see where we see him popping around. I know the Chargers have interviewed the most coaches in than the entire league, and the people and the names that keep popping up. I also know Cliff Kingsbury, the ex uh, Arizona Cardinals coach. He's floating around, he's trying to get back in the league as an OC. Uh, it's all still happening. The Eagles, they ended up firing their OC, and so it's the second consecutive year where they've gotten rid of their offensive coach and their defensive coach going into the new year. For the players, like, luckily you've got Nick Sirianni there, but for the players, it must be so disruptive to come back to another season where you did pretty well and you've got to start all over again with these new guys.
0: Oh, no wonder we have all these uh, series about them coming back into the system. You sort of see all that stuff now when they return from from the break thinking, cause they wouldn't know <laughs> the people they walk into, would they?
1: No, there's a It'd lot be of introductions. So
0: turning up. Oh, you're here. Where are you from? <laughs> oh. oh, I saw you four years ago. What are you doing back here? It's- Where's that guy like? Oh, he's
1: gone. Okay. All the best. It's a bit wild for the players that we're going to be feeling a bit uprooted, but that doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't matter. Man.
1: Two games this week. And then we've got one after that. And it's weird to look back on from the very beginning, but we're going to go dive into these big games. Let's kick it off, homie.
0: The Battle of AFC, the championship game. We head to Monday, our Monday. There'll be Sunday games in America. The Chiefs are heading to Baltimore Stadium, MNT Stadium to face the Ravens. Not only the Ravens, but they'll be facing the Ravens' flock, hungry for success in their home ground. They'll be loud, 7-3 and at home. It'll be a hostile environment. Cad, what are the Chiefs going to walk into with this crowd, this home ground? It will be loud.
1: It will be aggressive and loud. These fans want this really, really bad. After so many seasons where you've had what you thought all the components and you've had this quarterback that is a star and he's meant to be the difference maker. And he's unlike any quarterback you've seen in recent era, they're hungry for a win and they definitely want to crush the chiefs. They don't see, each- there's not a big rivalry there. There isn't like chiefs bills or anything like that, but we all know that chiefs are the gatekeepers to getting through to the super bowl. So there's a lot of pressure. And I think these fans are going to be wily. It's not too much of a distance to travel, really i don't think it's actually that much different in climate for them going from kansas city to
0: maryland the the ravens flock have been they've been given credit for disrupting the counts of the opposition so they've given so the stats are 19 false starts for opposition and nine delay of games and a lot of that came last week so i believe it's going to be pretty loud so maybe turn the tv up because you could probably you might struggle to hear anything as well so it could be pretty fun here But the Ravens, it's been 12 years since they've played in the Super Bowl. This Ravens list is elite on both sides of the ball. And an offense that is feared by a machine, a running machine, our favorite, he's our MVP. I would have to say the Ravens have been the most publicized team in this period, I would think. They seem to be across every aspect of the media at the moment. And Lamar said it, to be a champion, you got to beat a champion. So they know the story here. Um... He's answered every question we've we've requested this year. Mm. The Ravens have answered them all. They've got a wide receiver call with a youth balance and an experience balance. Zay Flowers has had an outstanding rookie season. And Odell Beckham, he's been there before, God. He knows how to play in these big moments. Let's not forget the tight ends. Mike Andrews, is he gonna play?
1: I've heard he's coming back I heard he's uh on the corner to to come in for this game
0: 5050 they reckon mm-hmm. they' got put him on they got to hold him to right to them but even if he if he can just get out there what a threat yeah he'll be he will scare them but if not Isaiah likely has been incredibly good over this period but a little highlight last week was when he was telling uh Lamar it was a little you might have seen it but he 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 was like put it up in the air He pointed to the sky because he's like hey I'm six. Bloody 8 <laughs> I'm a <laughs> I'll tight end. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, my advantage. I'll just
0: put it in the air. And he did. Yeah, they got the TD and I just saw it. The connections are growing here. I, I'm just incredibly hopeful for the Ravens and the Ravens fans. But I really want to focus on their defense. Let me rattle off a couple of names here. Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Javonde Clowning. Number one defense in points allowed. Number one takeaways. Number one in sacks. Six total, 60 total for the season. This defense is elite, Cad. And my, my game breaker, my difference maker is Roquan Smith, the zero. Look out for him. I love it. He'll be zero to hero in this game, Cad. Since joining in 2022, he has featured every metric, top three in every metric. And with his crew around him, I think they're going to light this game up. So look out for this dangerous factor here, Cad.
1: Yeah, I think that the Ravens defense is what scares me most about any team, if it's this game or the next one, if they get through. And, and last week, we saw the Ravens shift into high gear in the second half. And this is on offense and defense, but they made adjustments from their first, play, first half play calling, and they were successful in shutting down the Texans and winning the game. In a tight game that the Chiefs are contending, the Ravens, I think, are just more flexible to adapt to any situation. Like the defense can shift from zone to select players in man coverage. We know that the offense can enact design plays for Lamar, depending on what they're up against. I think it's going to be a massive feat for the Chiefs to contain this team and try to adjust as they're adjusting mid through the game while the clock is running.
0: Harbaugh has said this is a win now team. Like this list, they cannot maintain this list. They have, It is too elite. They're I like that l-
1: admission. Like, yeah. tell us that. I, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, they, they know that this list will not exist next year. So they gotta, they want to take it now obj he's like this is the best team i've ever been on like get let's get this we need it done and i think they they shook the vibes off last week lamar got his win and i'm now he's ready for his first championship win but there's one element we need to discuss and that's the chiefs (laughs) they are a playoffs team they have patrick Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. They've been here before. They do it every time. They're breaking all the records in the postseason as well. And when I look at the experience of the two teams, this is where Kansas City has the advantage. Patrick Mahomes, let's say he, he is the best quarterback in the competition. Yeah. He is fastly tracking himself to be one of the competition's best of all time. And with two minutes to go on the clock, who would you rather have the ball in their hands, Lamar or Patrick?
1: They can both do it in different ways. History tells me it's Patrick because he is, right. yeah, yeah. Because he is able to make a two-minute offense last 10 minutes and stretch out every bit of that clock. They know how to do a two-minute offense. They're well aware of it, uh, getting out early, stopping the clock, Patrick's Superman type of thing. Lamar's running is, though, a threat. Like you can't forget, though, that he can launch a deep ball and he can run whenever he likes it. And that's what's going to screw up a defense trying to stop them from getting to the to the end zone.
0: It's such an interesting thing when you start to look at the experience and the Kansas City is just, they're a different team in terms of postseason. And Andy Reid, he's the master. His game plans will be ready. He'll he'll have every moment ready for this game. He is a situational coach. But we've seen offensive problems with the Chiefs this year, Cad. How much is that going to factor in if they drop that first ball?
1: I think... Every concern we've had about the Chiefs throughout the season was accurate, right? You know, the penalties, the drops, as you've mentioned, but you've acknowledged Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, they're incredible. And you kind of can't forget that in their experiences, If you, as you've said. Did we see enough just because last week that they worked things out? You know, they answered a lot of questions. Rashi Rice is their new WR2, Pacheco, excellent. But I think we're all left with that doubt that they only figured it out last week. And I just, who's to say that these things don't emerge? If we start seeing those drops, my confidence drops with that ball. You know, they will be intensely under defensive pressure, specifically in the red zone and quarterback pressure from Mahomes. We know he kind of loves that, to be honest. So he does love to run out of that pressure. What was interesting to me, though, homie, is that the Ravens and Chiefs are equally matched or... You know, sometimes the Chiefs actually top their ranking in a lot of zones here. The only difference is the Ravens don't choke on offense and they can overcome high-pressure teams. I just don't know the Chiefs have assured me of that fact.
0: Yeah, Andy Reid, well, he he said he thinks the key to this success is everyone staying in their lane. And let's not forget that the Chiefs' defense, uh, how good they've been over this stretch. Mm. We sort of, we talk about the offense, but, you know, the defense has kept them in the games when the offense is off their game, behind the game. Chris Jones and and the little little known Nick Bolton, or probably some would know, but he there's little factors here. They are they are excelling at the moment. And they are keeping they've also who is second in sacks. Yeah. So they are just behind the Ravens. So like you said, those metrics are quite close. For me it's whether they can get pacheco and travis kelsey into this game quick enough
1: it is the offense that makes a difference right because yeah yeah because i was looking at all this and, and looking at the team histories, that the defenses match up but right now as you said it's just can the chiefs keep a clean game running to even contest here because we know the ravens can
0: it's going to be so interesting seeing kelsey's first attempt i can't wait to see if they can get hands on him i i and the other thing is, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't get sacked last week. The Bills couldn't get their hands on him. Mm. And we saw him pop out. Me and you were quite frustrated when he just runs out the front. And oh, like,
1: he just finds a gap every time. He he's just, amazing, it's right? It's frustrating yeah. as hell.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's, I don't know if the Ravens will allow this as easily, but mm. he's going to get a chance. But my game breaker here, my difference maker for the Chiefs is Ligarius Snead. I've been tracking him for, a, quite a period now, and he'll be sticking on probably Zay Flowers, mm. a young rookie, and we know what Zay Flowers can do. He's their wide receiver one, but Snead has, he, he held digs to three catches last week, and if they can cut off one of these elements, we know Baltimore's a strong running team, but when they need those chunk plays, they they get it to their wide receivers, and I think uh, Snead might be one to watch in this game, Kat.
1: Yeah, I think he. we we were talking about him last week and throughout the season how he is just so effective in shutting down key passes. And I think that's when you have a WR1 who is a star. Like, you have Diggs, right? But then you have to go focus elsewhere. At least the Ravens have, A, their running game from the quarterback and the running backs, but they also have Isaiah Likely, as we've said. There are other pass options here. He's got to either pick OBJ or Zay Flowers or Isaiah Likely. He's got a kind of a split here. It will slow them down. Ligerius just needs to be really conscious of his penalties here because that is what's going to throw this game into turmoil for the Chiefs.
0: Lamar doesn't throw it a lot, but he's effective when he does. He doesn't have those big numbers like the other quarterbacks. He'll probably around that 20 mark per game, but he'll hit 16 or 17 of those 20. Like he's very effective and then he'll go put 100 on, him on the <laughs> ground. So it is scary. And one note there, they gave up 72 to... Allen last week. Allen is not Lamar. Like this could get dangerous at that point, but all around this is exciting matchup. I did want to highlight one thing as well. Uh, they are 31 points at home. That's the average for the Baltimore Ravens. But wow. we are quickly forgetting that they have Justin Tucker sitting in their special teams.
1: That's a very, very good point, actually. Yeah,
0: I have forgot to mention his name for a very long time now. <laughs> and as I was doing my review, I remembered he's there.
1: Yeah, he's a game winner. He is the he is as a game he
0: self-described winner.
1: exclamation point on the end of a great team.
0: He hit a lazy fifty-three yards last week, and it was <laughs> it's just. like <laughs> no, no one mentions it at all. And I just thought to myself, if the game gets tight, they've got Justin on the on the field. That's, That's amazing, it. right?
1: It's just to think that, yeah, if the Chiefs, yeah, do get a stop on third down, uh, for the Ravens, they have to stop him very early in in the offensive run because they can get three points nearly every every ball. Crazy, right? It's just crazy. Wild. It's just a real secret weapon that they've picked up there. Not so secret, I guess.
0: But I guess that leaves us, Cad. Where, where are we going to sit with these two teams? I think it's a great matchup. It is definitely experience versus the new kid in town, but MVP versus MVP. Mm. But you got to beat champion to be the champion. Can the Ravens do it?
1: I'm on the Ravens. I'm on the Ravens here. And then that's a, aside from my personal want for the Chiefs to not make it through. I think they're more dominant across the board. I think they have more options here. Yes, I am worried about Andy Reid's game planning and Patrick's superhero moments and them covering Travis Kelsey. But I think their defense is good. I think it's better in a lot of different ways and I think it's that adjustment that is going to help them. When the Chiefs get rolling, that they can adjust to fix it. I don't think this game's going to be over in two quarters.
0: I feel like it will go to the wire. The Chiefs will not allow this game to get away from them too much. Mm. But I just feel like the Ravens are the stronger team. I just cannot get. I feel like there's a. I feel like there's a story unwritten this weekend. I feel like someone's going to do something we're not expecting, and I'm trying to work out which game it is. The it, Chiefs have, have every. Upset? Yeah, I've, I'm feeling an upset. It and I have look at the Chiefs and I think they are a postseason beast. Is this, the, is this the upset? But after I reviewed it, I cannot get off the Ravens. I just...
1: <laughs> you even came them. to me at the beginning and you're like, I think I'm going to go for a perspective of a Chiefs upset. <laughs> and then we met this morning yeah. and you're like, I can't do it. <laughs> I have just had a look at everything and it's so proven to yourself that it's yeah. the Ravens.
0: And I, I just... It's just that head, over, it's head, that head over heart kind of round and not that my heart's with the Chiefs, but I just feel like there's an upset available to them. They are... A, they are a postseason beast. Six times have been here. Six yeah. times in a row. It's, they it's know never exactly. comfortable
1: to go against them, is it? And especially it in the no. in the postseason, because no matter what we said about them all year, they're still here. They're right next yep. to the Ravens, who we think had nearly a flawless year. They are still up here, they're still fighting, they're still in contention. And they can still win a Super Bowl against either the 49ers or the Lions.
0: It could happen. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. What a great matchup. It's so exciting. I can't wait for these games, to tell you the truth. But I'll sit with my Ravens. We'll go one more. And the Aussie flavor.
1: Yeah, let's go. All right, over to our... Second and last game of the episode, the 49ers host the Detroit Lions at Levi Stadium in San Francisco at 10.30am on Monday for the NFC Conference title. This is a matchup, homie, that statistically you'd think wouldn't be interesting if you didn't know these teams. You could name any category and the 49ers hold the advantage. If you could think of any statistical one, I'll tell you that they hold it. I
0: know but I don't want you to tell
1: me. (laughs) Total offense, total defense, pass defense, pass offense, rush offense, rush defense, scoring offense, scoring defense. The list goes on. It is absolutely packed. But that is what makes the Lions everyone's favorite underdog. And we know that things are different in the playoffs. And the 49ers weren't that overriding team that they were in the regular season when we saw them last week against the Packers. We know in the regular season that the 49ers struggled in a three-game stretch without Debo Samuel. And despite having a lot of talent on that roster without him, Purdy doesn't quite look as effective. Now, Debo went out last week with a shoulder injury very early, I think the second play. He avoided a fracture. Shanahan said it's a similar injury, still up in the airfield play. I know he didn't practice, I think, yesterday. Holmy, you said at first when the Niners lost this first game without him, you thought he was the key to the offense. Why is Debo why is Debo missing such a big impact for them?
0: He's he's um Purdy's safety net. He's everything this t- he's the whole team's safety net. He brings energy, he brings variety, and he brings so much danger to the offense that he picks up a lot of a lot of that crossover. So he is that person. You'll even see plays they run with him and McCaffrey in this exact same play, but they'll they'll switch up who it hits to. Yep. When he's off the field, everyone knows it's McCaffrey getting that ball. So there's that real versatility. So when Debo is not on the field, they average one yard less per per action, per play. Wow, okay. And that's a like you think well, one yard, that's not much, but that is big it's in that. It's a
1: game of inches. And if it stacks up, yeah, it's yeah. a massive impact.
0: We look at Debo and we look at the impact, and then we saw it throws Purdy off a bit. Once he hasn't got that that throw down player, that's his that's his go to. That's his boy. That's his, yeah, his Travis Kelsey. Yeah, That's his Travis Kelsey. That's his Mark Andrews. That's his, you know, that player. That one that when all else fails, I'll hit Debo. I'll hit Debo. And you take him out of this offense and it's a different style. We did see Purdy readjust in the last quarter. That was the only difference to that three-game stretch that we saw previously, but it was bad. It's scary. It, is, it is incredibly it's scary. It's the thing you don't want.
1: <laughs> well, we know about Christian McCaffrey. I feel we don't even have to talk about him that much, but acknowledge that he is a power player and they can give him the ball. And obviously it isn't enough without Debo there for Christian to carry the entire game. So there is a chink in the armor there that they can expose. As he said, when there is that option, when Debo and him line up, because they're switchblades, they can both play running back, they can both play receiver. It does change how, easy, how much easier it is for the Lions to say focus on who they're pressuring. However, what we did see in those games without Debo Samuel is the increased use of George Kittle. Now, he's my difference maker in this game. He got 87 yards off four receptions last week. And there was a game this season where he only needed three receptions to get 116 yards in a touchdown. My eyes are on him this week to be a difference maker for the Niners. And it's kind of funny with all the players, you know, Ayuk and Debo and McCaffrey, we kind of forget about Kittle's there. He almost seems like a sleeper agent. Who can come out when they need him?
0: I think the problem with Kittle in the regular season is he's not a big, uh, he's not a big fantasy points tight end. Yes. So he sort of he gets a bit. Not everyone gives him the hype he should, but he's probably he could be the best in the game in tight end. He is so versatile. He's so aggressive, and he's so ver- they just they just use him in so many different ways. They use
1: him when they need him. And yeah. they don't need him all the
0: time. Well, he will actually, he'll do everything you need to and he's committed to this team. I think great choice for the difference maker because he he really stepped up when Debo went off last week. And I, I agree, he can really tear apart a game when he when he, when he needs to.
1: When he needs to. And I think it's all on Purdy's shoulders and the game plan is to acknowledge that that's where we're going to focus too. I want to see a lift from IU here to kind of take some of the slack off Debo if he's not in the game. I just can't see him as a difference maker. I was looking at him. I can't see him as a big difference maker without Debo in. Kittle and him taking that slack up and Purdy having his eye in knowing it from the beginning of the game. They've known for weeks now that they might have to face this matchup without him. They should be coming in prepared. It's not like last week when he went out with, within two seconds and the whole game plan shifted.
0: And they had the luxury of that three game stretch without him. So they should have those plans pretty much ready to go. Yeah. They've, they've experienced it. They understand what it meant for them and they should be able to balance it out pretty well.
1: Over to the Lions. As I said, everyone's favorite underdogs. The Lions have fought for their stake in this competition throughout the regular season. They've taken on the Rams and the Bucks down by one score. So it isn't as convincing as we'd like it to be, but that's the underdog mentality for us. They now face their biggest challenge and and Coach Dan Campbell, he was interviewed on a local radio show in the States, highlighting the importance of a strong game defensively, the stamina and the grit they're going to need to win again, calling on that kind of culture that they've developed there. But he does mention that they have some things in mind to neutralize the 49ers whilst acknowledging they can't take everything away. Now, when they say acknowledging they can't take everything away, my translation is, that's Christian McCaffrey. But I'm going to get you to put your headset on, homie, your coaching headset. Where would your focus be? If you were the game planner, are you trying to shut down, focus your attention on shutting down McCaffrey Or are you taking out their passing game altogether by covering IU and Kittle? Where would you put your resources?
0: The run game. It's easy. I'm a good coach. Don't (laughs) worry. I've got this (laughs) sorted. Tell me why. I've got the headset on already. I was ready. I was prepared. I've done my match tapes. I've done everything here. Big problem here. If McCaffrey goes above 75 yards, they are 11-1. Wow. That's how scary this player is. I am not giving him any leeway. He is my focus the whole time. I'll, I'll take the risk of getting Ayuk down the field. I'll take the risk of even Debo Samuel. He can get down the field if I need to, but we need to stop this guy. He is the best in the business. He is everything I need my focus on and I will be setting up everything to ensure that he does not get any extra advantage on top of me. So
1: I've taken another route in here. I've actually taken the opposite route. I think I'd take out the passing game and focus on rushing Purdy because I think they need to accept that Every other team has tried to shut down McCaffrey and I don't know how possible it is. And you're splitting your resources there. They don't have to split them as much because of that Debo switchblade, as you've noted, has been taken out. But McCaffrey's going to take some passes. You may as well get into pass coverage. It doesn't have to be deep, but look at all that stuff across the middle. And I think McCaffrey's just going to be a consistency and I just don't know if they have what it takes to take him out of this game.
0: It's not that you're going to stop McCaffrey from getting... The yards, it's minimizing his yards. So then it goes into Purdy's hands. Mm. And then I'm going to pick Purdy off.
1: (laughs) Then I've decided I'm going to intercept Purdy.
0: Yeah. Well, he, I don't know. I actually rewatched a little bit of the Packers game to see because Packers should have won. Let's be, let's be really honest about this. They, they failed in the last quarter. They dropped cold two intercepts that could have ended the game. Yeah. And they were bad passes. And I thought, oh, you put the you put him in that position and you you know you 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 even know which route he's going. You you picked it up before. I'm putting my boys there to pick him off and see if I can't take it away. I think
1: the pressure from Aiden is gonna be key in that. Now he's I think in his second year, he's oh, been tearing good. people up. He's he's one of the most fun um D liners to to watch. I really enjoy watching him rush the quarterback. And I think if he can get to Purdy, there's a bit of trouble because I don't think Purdy does as well under pressure on the run as you know Mahomes or Allen or Lamar uh, or even Goff, who can who can kind of thrive under that pressure at the moment.
0: The interesting one with Hayden will be uh, they've obviously got Trent Williams, who's one of the best. Mm. He is. I wonder if they're going to line him up on Trent Williams because they, they move him around a bit or they're going to line him up and try and come. It'll be interesting to see if they match those two big dogs up. I will be very, very happy with that.
1: With the Lions offense here, homie, we've got a lot of options. We talked about it all season. We've got the run game with uh, Gibbs and Montgomery. We've got the tight end, Sammy Laporta. We've got Amon Saint Brown in the passing and then a smattering of other receivers who pick up on other calls. Where do you think the focus comes in for the Lions here? How are you attacking the 49ers? Is it every way you know how? Or is there a specific kind of weak spot that you want to target?
0: There's no weak spot. This team, they're, they're unbelievable on defense. They're actually, you look at Ward in the backfield and they're one of the best as well. It's We sort of overshadow, we overlook their defense and you've got, they added Chase Young to this defense and he didn't even get a sack last week. <laughs> I think Bosa's going to have his... He's going to have a matchup real hard against uh, Sewell here, Benay Sewell. And I think you've got all these players here, but the player for me on the offense for the Lions has to be Goff. He has had an outstanding, great postseason. He's got to keep going. He's got to keep this momentum going. He's averaging, what, two out of game, a couple of TDs. And we need him to be at his best. We can't have that lapse from Goff. I think that's... The factor here, that's like consistent pressure against San Fran to make sure you're in the game, in the situation to give yourself that chance to win.
1: I think the lines. I agree. I think Goff needs to be flawless and the play calling around him needs to be precise. I mean, they need to know exactly what they're attacking and Goff can't really falter for a little bit. My big concern here is the O-line in front of Goff. Yeah. They're currently without left guard, Jonah Jackson. He's gone and had surgery after last week. And then Frank Ragnow, who's their center, who Dan Campbell reckons is one of the best centers in the game. He's injured and questionable, and looking at his injury, it just doesn't look like he may be coming into this game, so I'd keep an eye on that. I'm cautious of when centers are injured for quarterbacks. The Lions don't need any disadvantages here, and that can get Goff out of rhythm. There can be miscommunications. There can be early jumps you know, in the neutral zone, and penalties will fall for that if they're not being led properly. So it's a, it's a scary one. It's just a, a disadvantage they didn't need.
0: It's funny because I've been trying to ignore those injuries on the lights <laughs> because <laughs> I know they're there. And, uh, it's the important ones. Though. And, and Frank last week, he came back out when he should have come back out as well. So I pretty much feel like he knew his season was over and he basically sacrificed himself last week to ensure that they, he was on the field when he needed to be on the field. So power to him. Thanks but I, I, do, yeah, I, I don't like the feeling. But uh, the one factor for me, though, is... Cameron Sutton in defense for the Lions he needs to he needs to pick up his his game he's giving up over 150 to both Nakua then to Evans next last week and mm. I think he's the he's that factor It's like we need to stay. you can't be giving up that yeah if especially you, if you to let the IU 90.
1: have that like that's it's game really over trouble. It's
0: yeah. game over so that's the one thing to fix up for me if I'm Dan Campbell as well so Cameron Sutton we need a big game from you buddy
1: well, I went through my review trying to see how the Lions could win it, give it some balance in what is clearly a overbearing
0: opposition of the
1: 49ers. Homie, where are you landing on this game?
0: You've done super well. Like, my mind is set that it's the 49ers <laughs> that will win this game. But you know what? I'm laying the tipping cup, mate. I'm going hard here.
1: Oh, gotta go hard. Go hard or go home. Um, you going Lions? I'm
0: going Lions.
1: I'm tipping
0: Lions, but I think the 49ers will win it. Nah, the, the 49ers are favourite and they should be favourite. Mm. We It was a misstep last week. We should see them back to their normal. But the Lions, it doesn't matter. Stats don't matter. This is playoffs. This is one match. This is one game. And Dan Campbell, I want to play for him. Like, I, I can't imagine what it's like in the locker room. They must run through brick walls for him. And I just think if they get a chance... God, it's got me nervous when it's four and one. The... Oh, okay. he's oh, going
1: to go for it. You know it. He will. You know
0: it, buddy. If it goes their way, uh, Dan Campbell will give them every opportunity to win because he'll make the calls. He makes those bad, bad calls, <laughs> dangerous calls, those awkward calls for us as feds. And I think it's got a great matchup. But let's go heart with Lions. But we probably know who the favorite is.
1: What's, uh, what are the odds of you crying when if they the Lions lose and Dan Campbell makes an impassioned speech?
0: Oh, I nearly nearly cried watching the previous
1: show. So nearly <laughs> cried. He gets
0: he oh, too. he gets me. He really. I just love it. I love everything that they're doing, and it's it's the history on top of it as well. I just don't want their story to end because it's been there. I was listening to some of their fans, and if they make it, we're going to try and get a Lions fan on here because the misery of I can imagine it's like a St Kilda. You know they haven't won a premiership, and you just want—they're even talking about if they—if they make the Super Bowl, people are gonna pull the ashes out on the parade, like pull it along the like when the because grandparents, oh, parents, have, for
1: alliance. Well, oh, that's yes, they like it's horrifying. their wishes
0: that once they make it that they they pour it. I'm like this town is gonna be off the chain. <laughs> if it, I, I'm tempted, if they make it, we go over. That's how tempted <laughs> I am. <laughs>
1: I don't think it'd be safe, but we can give it a crack. God, it's gonna be mental, and I think. I, you know, if the Lions don't get it through, that I'm, I'm rooting for the, the Ravens the whole way through. You know, it's, I just can't have these, these big overlords in red coming in, and ruining our good Super Bowl with the heart in it. So I guess we're gonna have to see what happens. Hold and we'll have a, a, review, recap next week, and then we've got, well, pretty much,
0: is it two weeks? It's kind of like two weeks till we see the next game because we've got a dirty buy in the week, and I don't like buys. <laughs> I am not a fan of them, but. We'll have a we'll have to work out what we do for in between that, but we'll we'll have something for you there. I think we're not we're, going to talk about the Pro Bowl thing because it's boring, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you about it in case you want to watch it.
1: <laughs> All right, well that's it for this episode. So we're going to wrap it up. Enjoy the games this week. They're both on Monday. Try and chuck that sickie as we always encourage you, you guys. Our might not have much sick leave left. Tommy. me.
0: Yeah, but if you haven't got a sickie, just take your lunch break at about one one thirty and watch the end of the game for the Lions and the and the Niners. So just go, go and hang out and watch that. So you don't, you're allowed a lunch break. Take it. Yeah. Take it. Take
1: it. Take your lunch break. Take that flex time. All right. Let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, rate us five stars, and follow us on Instagram at OnSlidePunt.
0: Thanks, homie. you think if we had a HR, we'd get called in for telling everyone to chuck sickies all the time? No, it's
1: fine. I've never worked at a company that's had HR, have you? We're in real estate. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> I am the HR. <laughs>